Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Tuesday morning edition of Chair Shot Radio. Uh, kind of a hybrid edition this week. It's going to be hockey talk and, and WrestleMania talk. And uh, of course, I know you're wondering where your good friend Patrick O'Dowd is. Hopefully by now he's out making some serious money in this bowling tournament that he's doing. Um, maybe even retiring. We might not see Patrick again if things go really well. If he pulls some kingpin shit out of his ass or something like that. You never know. But uh, it is I, the lawyer, Dave Unger. I'm here coming to you on this Tuesday morning. And I'm not alone, though, because no one wants to listen to me talk by myself. That's just kind of boring. I do have with me uh, a, a quasi-regular here, talking Hockey Talk. It is the one and only Dr. S'mores, Kyle Moore. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I did not know POD was doing a bowling tournament. And between bowling... And bandwagon nerds and wrestling and hockey talk. Patrick might be the whitest person I know. He does D and D as well. Oh yeah, I mean I do D and D. That's I do too. it. But you, you know, doesn't nerd. Them pulling there. the curtain back because we're not running video. You and I are are kind of white as well. So you know, it... I mean, I'm at least multiracial. So like you know, I'll cling to my little diversity coin for as long as I can. There you go. I mean, cling to what you got, man. All I got is, you know, the part Jewish thing. So that, well, actually. All well, Jewish speaking, things. speaking of clinging, man, it's almost playoff time. And there are some teams clinging to wildcard home, not in the East. The East is pretty locked up, but the West, you they s- are battling. We're going to talk about that after the first commercial break. Uh, you say the East is locked up, but the Islanders are trying to make it interesting. I don't know if they've got time. Uh, of course, you know, they're trying to catch my guys who are inconsistent to say the very least so we'll talk about that yeah the west is where all the uh, all the excitement is happening and, and that's something that changes on a basically a day-to-day basis but uh, i think what kyle and i are going to do we're going to take a look at the standings we are about most teams are within 10 to 12 games left uh of the season and uh, i'm still trying to figure out how basketball is ending ahead of hockey this year i, I don't i don't know where that went wrong but whatever that is what it is. Uh, but we're going to talk the standings, take a look at that. Then I think we'll take a second break and then we'll kind of take uh, touch bases on WrestleMania a little bit, you know, and talk WrestleMania 38, kind of what we thought of the event. I know it's been covered on the chair shot in numerous other places, but I'm probably going to, this will be like my one chance to talk WrestleMania 38 with anybody of intelligence this week. So, you know, got to do it. 
no offense to PC. I haven't talked to Tony this week. He's he's an intelligent guy. He's uh he's still he's still trying to figure out how St- Steve Austin had a match. It was a match. Just deal with it. So there was a referee. That means it was a match. There was a three count, and it was actually a pretty good match. We're going to talk about that on the uh, on the second half. Of course, the dogs have uh, have now completely lost their minds. But anyway, uh, we're going to take our first commercial break. Then uh, we will come back and we will talk a little bit about hockey. Look at where we are at the standings as we come down the stretch. You're listening to Chair Shot Radio here on the Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, guys, we are back. Kyle, let's 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 uh, let's set the table. Let's take a look at some standings right now. I mean, one one uh, one team that doesn't have to worry about anything is uh, your boys, who are, are uh, one of only two, three teams three. that have currently clinched a playoff spot. So the three teams that have currently clinched a playoff spot are the Florida Panthers, yep, the Carolina Hurricanes, yep, and the Colorado Avalanche. They've outright clinched spots. The cream of the crop, to quote Macho Man Randy Savage, right now. That those three teams are just rolling right along. Uh, let's see. I, I mean, are, are we within gotta... two points of clinching spots in the East are the Maple Leafs and the Rangers. Ooh, it's going to be a good battle for the President's Trophy between Florida and Colorado. They're separated by what two points? Two um, points course... and Colorado. Oh, they've got the same amount of games played, so nobody's got any games at hand. Oh. Well, I mean, not that the winning the president's trophy means absolutely nothing in hockey, as we all are well aware. But still, honestly, it hurts more than it helps most of the time. Yeah. I can't remember the last time a president's trophy winner won at all. Yeah, me neither. They usually flame out in the second round at best. Uh, they don't usually get to this cup finals or sniffing distance of the cup finals. But uh, let's I guess let's take a look at the East first and look at where we are. We got um, our conference, of course, we got. In the Atlantic, you got Florida, Toronto, and Boston has been playing really well lately. I think maybe getting that Jake DeBrusque saga behind them, getting him re-signed, uh, seemed to set them right. Uh, Toronto and Austin Matthews continue to really play well. What's he got? 56 goals now this year? Yeah, absurd. Set a franchise record. Yeah, I mean, the, great, the people are talking about him as the best American-born player ever. I don't. I think it's kind of early for that. Mike Bondano is still there for me, but like... I. Matthews is also still only like what twenty four. Yeah, he's a kid. He's got such a long, you know, long career. If he was playing somewhere like you know, imagine him in New York or something. Man, geez. Well, I mean, the thing is for, but the thing is for the NHL, he is in their mecca. 
He's just not in a Mecca that's going to grow the sport. Yeah, Or a Mecca that's probably going to win the cup anytime soon. But uh, did I say that? Well, I mean, they got to get out of the first round before they can start talking about winning cups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of problems with that, obviously. Uh, but you look at that division, and that's pretty much, I mean, you got, eh, I mean, Tampa Bay could still come back, but the Lightning right now have the, um, they've got the first wild card, which is, is a little bit interesting. But Tampa's not playing all that well lately for the two-time defending champions. They seem to be sputtering to the finish line a little bit. The Caps even beat them the other night. Um, I wish they I wish they didn't have such a like commanding lead on a wild card spot because I would love nothing more than for the fucking lightning to not make the playoffs. Yeah, that would that would be nice. But I don't think that's going to obviously happen. They have too much talent there. Uh, You know, you look at the Metropolitan Division, you got the Hurricanes. Your boys are, are, are well out. Well, I say that, but the Rangers are only two points behind them. They might not win the division, but they are going to the playoffs, and that's all that really matters. I, I'm still not like happy about the the Domi trade. Like, dude's got three points in nine games, and like that's not surprising if you looked at the numbers he was not putting up in Columbus. And I still don't understand like what's the fit there. Um, if anything, it tells me that they know they're going to lose somebody during the offseason, and he is like a piece that they can plug in. Yeah, yeah. somewhere. But I'm still just like, why? Why did you? Why did you trade for this? Yeah, exactly. The, the the Rangers, meanwhile, they continue just to kind of plug along, kind of a little bit under the radar, but just sneaky consistent. deep. Yep, sneaky deep. They are. What the hell's going? Yeah, I apologize to anybody out, out back. I don't know what the hell. Somebody's blowing something or cutting down a tree or, or both. Oh, the people that live behind me are in the process of completely redoing their backyard. Oh, no, I'm talking about me. Oh. <laughs> I got I got the same. You got dogs and, and, and gardeners, and I got dogs and gardeners, so this is going to be prime audio quality, that's for sure. Uh, meanwhile, bringing up the rear in the east is uh, my team, the Washington Capitals, who um, I have a, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that kind of is like hoping the Islanders catch them so that they don't make the playoffs. Because the Islanders are 11 points behind them. Yeah. The Islanders, but they waited, what, 85% of the season to finally start winning? And, and now they're... Well, they, they didn't have, to be fair, they didn't have a home arena until December. That's, that, that's very true. Um, they, they've been playing well lately. I don't know, know if there's enough time to catch the Caps unless the Caps completely collapsed down the stretch, which is possible with this team that... Uh, you know, God, I could go on about my guys and what's wrong with them. You can't keep giving up goals in the first minute of games. That's that's a killer. But, you know, Ovechkin, meanwhile, he scored. As we're recording this, the Caps and the Penguins are playing their final regular season game. Ovechkin got another goal. He's probably going to get 50 this year, which seems absolutely insane. Uh, but, yeah, prob- just- probably not enough time. For the I just Islanders. think the core of that team is too old yes. for them to keep it together. Absolutely, and, and they didn't do anything at the playoff at the trade. Pittsburgh deadline. has the same problem. They do. To be fair, they Pittsburgh do. has the same problem. It's just that whereas Washington only has um, Ovechkin at this point, Pittsburgh still has Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Yeah, and Gensel can come up with some big points when they need him, and Russ can come up with some big points, and and who the Caps picked up Larson or something like that at the trade deadline. I don't even know if he's going to play until the playoffs. And by then who gives a shit because they're goaltending and their defense is subpar. But anyway, that's 
Maybe the Islanders have time. Probably not. It would take a complete, like the Caps would have to just completely like lose probably eight of their final 12. Well, the Islanders would have to win every single one. Pretty much all of those because they need to win. They need to win six in a row just to catch them. Yeah. And they kind of need to run the table. So that's, that's going to be more, a lot harder said than done. But like you're saying, the East is pretty much, it's really seeding out there. Uh, not so much who's going to get in, who's not. The West, on the other hand, is a completely different animal entirely. Because once you get beyond Colorado, who's just running away with everything, and they're the only team over 100 points, really the only team that's close to, I mean, yeah, Cal- Calgary's in there as well. But um, you've got Colorado cl- probably damn close to clinching the division at this point. Minnesota, St. Louis tied. The Blues have been playing really well lately. I know Patrick's going to love that. I know he's been very pessimistic about them being consistent, but they've been playing pretty damn well the last couple weeks, really, if you really look at them. And you got Calgary, you've got Edmonton, you've got the Kings who are holding on by a thread right now, uh, you know, with the Drew Doughty loss. Uh, then you got the wild card where it's just Nashville at 86. Dallas is somehow, you know, now they've snuck into the last wildcard spot vegas is just all over the map as far as what they're doing two points behind dallas vancouver you know they're kind of in striking distance but really kind of starting to fade away so you're looking at you know you got yeah i mean you got minnesota st louis at 92 edmonton at 89 the kings at 86 the net predators at 86 dallas at 84 vegas at 82 so you got a uh, a sprint to the finish and one of those I've got teams a real is- question with the Pacific, though. Like, with the Flames specifically. Are the Flames this good, or is this division just that bad? Uh, I would say the latter. Because, <laughs> like, you look at this division, and, like, the Pacific division is Calgary, Edmonton, L.A., Vegas, Vancouver, Anaheim, San Jose, and Seattle. That is a sad sad division and i agree with you it has turned out sad but you know here's my question should it be this bad for them i mean you've got a lot of talent especially when you look at edmonton and vegas and it doesn't make sense as much as they're i don't ever want to hear about how much talent edmonton has okay the the curse of the great one i'm calling it now i'm calling it that now because edmonton is forever shitty They no, just you're right. are. You're right. I mean, how do you have two players with over a hundred points and are like not even competing for your division title? No, you're right. I mean, if you can't win with McDavid and Drysidle, uh, there's probably something really wrong with whatever your plan is. But you know, but once you get beyond those two, really, what do they have? Not a whole lot. Despite no, despite the plethora of draft picks for damn near a decade now, and and, and they just don't have anything vegas is a team i just don't understand why they are why do you think they're struggling as bad as they have been this year they've got so much talent on that team it doesn't make a lot of except for this they have talent on that team except for the position that matters behind robin leonard what have they got yeah nothing they i mean yeah i mean they and what have they ever and what have they ever had in goal behind the starter that's been their problem yeah, whether it was Flurry, whether it was Leonard, um, you know, they just, I mean, Flurry carried them to the cup final in 2018. Now, now I'm looking at their depth chart. If we want to talk about where are some of the issues, well, Packy Reddy's hurt. 
Kessler's hurt. Smith and Stone are both hurt. Um, Haig is hurt. Like they got a lot of people out. Eichel missed three quarters of the season and and actually started in Buffalo before he came. He's been pretty good since he got to Vegas, so he's he's helped a little bit, but. You know, what do you what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm looking at Nashville. I'm looking at Dallas and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, they're good, but they shouldn't be able to beat out Vegas for that playoff spot. But how do you see this going down? Do you think Vegas? I mean, you're talking lots of injuries for Vegas, Nashville and Dallas, clearly healthier teams. Um, I mean, I I think Vegas might not make the playoffs this year. Like, realistically, they might not, you know, Um, beyond the injuries Carlson's fallen off big time this year. Um, like big time. He doesn't even have 30 points Yeah, this season. Yeah. I, and you know, getting like a, losing a guy like Ryan Reeves, who's been huge for the Rangers this year. Uh, and, and he was a big part of Vegas's identity. He was like their physical presence. They don't have much of a physical presence in, in Vegas this year. They're small. They are speed is great up to a point, but yeah, they're a team that's not going to do much in the playoffs because they don't have any physicality to them. Yeah. I mean, more to the point, you know, with some of these teams that I'm looking at in the, again, I come back to the Pacific, you know, some of these teams, like it's either time to blow it up or it's past time to blow it up. Like, and I look at a team like the Kings as a prime, the Kings and the Predators are two prime examples of this. And they're sad examples because they need to blow it up. They should blow it up, but they're both going to make the playoffs this year. So they're not going to blow it up. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, and here's the thing, you know, you're talking about physical presence and I mean, Colorado probably going to win the president's trophy, but here's my question for you. And this has played Colorado the last two years. And we're talking about physicality and what you need to win playoff hockey. And it's not speed. It's, it's the, usually the more physical teams with the better stamina that ends up standing at the end. Did Colorado do anything this year to make you think that they've got what it takes to stand up to that playoff grind and, and get to the finals at least? I mean, I don't know that they've necessarily done anything specific except for the fact that they are walking away with this conference in a way that like no team looks to be able to challenge them for seven games, Um, at least in the West. Like I see them, I see them potentially being a team that walks to the Stanley cup final and flames out. Yeah. Cause you look at the East and, and the East is the teams in the East far more physical than the teams out West. You look at the team like the Rangers who got Ryan Reeves. They can be physical. Pittsburgh can be physical. Washington can definitely be physical if they actually get anywhere. Tampa Bay, uh, even Florida, Carolina, you know, so you're looking at all those kind of teams that can really slow down a team like the Colorado Avalanche. But what what's it's interesting to me is looking at the potential playoff matchups right now, as we stand here before we cut out of here and talk WrestleMania a little bit, um, out in the East, you'd get Toronto, Boston right now. No history there at all, right? Oh yeah, no. These aren't teams that have like <laughs> long-standing beef or anything. Uh, yeah, you get them. You get the Rangers in Pittsburgh. Uh, you get the Canes and the Lightning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get the Canes and the Lightning. You get Florida probably taking out the Caps in maybe five games at best because um, the Caps can't. Yeah, win. but that's important for Florida. Because, like, I'm not cheering for Florida, but Florida is a team that hasn't won a playoff series in, like, 20 years. So, like, 
a cupcake first round matchup is important for a team like that to get some confidence in them. But like until Sergei Bobrovsky proves to me that he can be a playoff goaltender, I'm not sold. And while I have no faith in the Caps doing anything against Florida, they do have familiarity with Bobrovsky. They've beaten him in the playoffs before. Uh, it's a team that if they actually, if their goaltending stands up, the veteran experience can, you know, maybe get them a couple of wins over Florida and create some pet pressure on the Panthers. Not that I think it's going to happen. Um, the East is full of teams that need to show me that they can. Like, until Toronto proves to me that they can get out of the first round, I'm not buying it. Until Florida proves to me that they can get out of the first round, I'm not buying it. Until the Rangers prove to me that they cannot choke, I'm not buying it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, and out west right now, you get you'd get Minnesota, St. Louis, which would be a dynamite series. I, I would love and that's going to that be a good could one. potentially be the best series of the whole fucking playoffs. It could be. You get the Oilers and the Kings, which <sighs> toss up. Snoozer. You'd get Colorado absolutely destroying Dallas, and you'd get Calgary Nashville would be interesting. That'd be fun. Yeah. Those are two fan bases that are like really passionate. The travel for both teams would suck. Oh god. <laughs> Can you imagine having to go from Nashville to Calgary? Oh, or back in the other direction. Yeah, that'd be oh. that'd be awful. But it's something people are gonna have to deal with. So yeah, we are we are coming down the home stretch. Maybe what two weeks? I think we got about yeah, two weeks left so. before the playoffs start. It's going to be fun, man. Good, good stuff. Good stuff, man. So, I think that'll do it for the this uh, hockey talk aspect of things. You know, we kind of got uh, ourselves figured out. I mean, you could go into deep dives on all these teams, but why bother since nothing's really decided? Um, you know, any any well before we go, any dark horse out there that you think could sneak in the playoffs and make some noise right now? I'm not going to say that they're a dark horse about sneaking in the playoffs, but they're a team that nobody's really like taking very seriously. Like look out for Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, they got flurry there. I mean, you're talking, you look at these teams that have problems with goaltending, like my guys, especially. Um, and then you look at Minnesota, who's kind of got double indemnity at goal right now. You know, they can go in a couple of different directions. Uh, both guys, I, I forget who's their starter. I know Flurry's the backup. Who's the um, Oh, I forget who this. You would ask me that. Give me a second <laughs> I, to look it up. I'll let you look it up. But no, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, Minnesota's a team that they've been kind of on the periphery uh, of making some noise for a few years now. If they if they draw St. Louis, and that assumes they can beat the Blues, and that's a big assumption to make right now with the way St. Louis is playing. Talbot. Talbot, yeah, Cam Talbot. Um, so yeah, they, unlike a team like the Caps, who've got two mediocre goalies at best, I'd say mediocre at best, um, you got Minnesota that's flush at goaltender. Yeah, I think you're right, man. If if they can get by St. Louis in that first round. And, that's, and that is a big if. That is a big if. And that seems like, I mean, out of all the series we're looking at, the one that's almost certain It'll to happen. It'll be so much fun, too. Yeah, it, that's the one that's almost certain to happen. Uh, and, and I mean, yeah, you're, you got these two and they're in a dead heat for home ice advantage, which actually might matter. Absolutely. And they are legit rivals and that travel will be less, hor uh, less horrible because they're like regional rivals. So like great series, that's going to be a great series. Yeah, I, I agree with you that. And I, I'm sure Pat will have something to say about that, but yeah, Minnesota St. Louis is the one to keep your eye on. 
We're going to take our second commercial break. Before we do, let me remind you guys that if you love what we're doing here on thechairshot.com, make sure you go to pro wrestling tees forward slash the chair shot, where there is a plethora of t-shirt options for you to purchase. Most of them are 1999. I think you can upgrade and get it soft style for a few bucks more. As Patrick says, it feels better on your giblets. I don't know what to say about that. I've never really known what to say about that, but that's his catchphrase and I'm going to go with it. But I think, I think the nefarious means shirt, Kyle is my new favorite. I need to probably get myself one of those. <laughs> I mean, people do a lot of things by nefarious means. They do. They do. But yeah, make sure you go check out, check us out. Pro wrestling tees forward slash the chair shot. Some great t-shirt options. When we come back, Kyle and I are going to talk a little bit about WrestleMania 38 Hell of a two days in Dallas, Texas. So uh, you are listening to ChairShot Radio here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com All right, guys. We are back. Kyle, WrestleMania 38, man. You know, I don't even know. We Well, I think I was on that one episode with you and Ray where we talked some wrestling a little bit. But, um, man, WrestleMania 38, you know, and I'm probably, like I said earlier at the outset, probably the only time I'll get to talk about WrestleMania 38 before it's gone and we're on our way to WrestleMania Backlash and having to focus on that shit. Uh, Such a terrible name. It is. It's so stupid. But, you know, what? I mean, for one step forward, Kyle, 10 steps back, you know, that's WWE in a nutshell. That being said, though, um, I got to be honest with you, man. WrestleMania Saturday was one of the best WrestleManias I think I've ever seen as far as just from top to bottom. Because for me, WrestleMania has always been about matches and moments. And Saturday had them both in spades. Um, Sunday, decent, good show. Not anywhere near what Saturday was. And and the odd ending to the Roman Brock thing, the suddenness of that notwithstanding. Um you know, I, I, Sammy Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville is one of my new favorite matches, but that's beside the point. I thought Saturday was absolutely fantastic. What were your thoughts about the event in a, as, as a whole? And are you with me that Saturday was considerably better than Sunday? So first of all, yes, I do agree that Saturday was, I preferred Saturday to Sunday, but for me, it came down to, I think Saturday was paced better. And I think that the bad pacing for Sunday, like, was largely inexcusable because they talked about how great it was that they don't have the pressure of having to plug all the stuff for Sunday. And then they just, like, threw in all of these random, long-ass segments about what happened on Saturday that, like, just largely did not need to be there. And that, I think, took away from the pacing of Sunday. Um but I do think Saturday was great. Um, McAfee continues to prove that he is a fun celebrity wrestler. Um, Austin versus KO was so wonderful. It was a fucking match. There was a referee. There was a pinfall. It was a fucking match. Sorry, Tony. Uh, it was. That's just how that works. Um, I think 
like you mentioned Sami Zayn. I think for me, I will remember this WrestleMania as the WrestleMania that Kevin and Sami had the time of their lives. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now here's the thing, though. I, and I think like when you look at I, I mean, as great as Saturday was, I questioned the booking. It's like, wh- why'd you top low? You could have shifted one of the women's matches to Sunday. And that would have made because those two women's matches were absolutely awesome. I mean, different, similar, but absolutely awesome. I, I don't I didn't quite understand the the booking decision that they made as far as let's put them both on Saturday. You should have had one on Sunday. You know, I mean, you, and that would have made that would have evened things out a little bit. Well, I was even I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, with Sunday, you forced that you shoehorned that new day versus well, Peaky Blinders there match in and made them hit literally everything inside of, you know, two minutes um, when you could have cut all of those video recaps of the event that happened literally the day before and let them have even just five or six minutes instead of two. That that was the one match that bothered me the most out of the entire weekend. It's just like this this the, that's the only crap match I could think of, and that shouldn't be the case with guys of that talent, especially with the history that you know with Big E's injury. You could have told a bigger, better, more involved, more emotional story. Okay, whatever. I mean, it's all about Butch Pete Dunn going crazy on the fucking ring apron and driving people nuts and and, and distracting the referees. But I I guess you know from. The standpoint of Saturday, you got to talk about Cody Rhodes. I, I love his return, man. And, and this it is proves that he fits in better there. He does, and, and this like is, he just does. The greatest thing about you know, it's it's like that line from Usual Suspects: the greatest thing the devil ever did was convince the world he doesn't exist. WWE is the masters of trickling out this misdirectional bullshit that gets people thinking. And I know Pat was teasing me a little bit about my whole thing. I, you know, is Cody actually going to show up? Is he not because of what Dave Meltzer said? I, I was like never of the opinion that he wasn't going to be there. I thought they'd released us enough bullshit to throw you off. But the way they did it, which wasn't swerving you, they didn't swerve you with Shane's music or anything like that. They just brought out Cody with the AEW entrance and, and kingdom and all that stuff. And people lost their damn minds. And then they go out and they have a great match. Probably one of the best matches of the weekend. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Cody Rhodes belongs back. That's where he belongs. That entrance, ju- but that entrance proved it. You you're right. They brought it back with all of the same elements, but like I used to say on the edge all the time to Rance and to all of our guests, anytime that the subject of Cody would come up, it always felt like Cody was on one show and everything else about dynamite was its own universe. And then when you saw Cody in WrestleMania, it's like, Oh no, this is the show that Cody's been on this whole time. This is the show that Cody was on. Cody's always been this. He never changed from this. Right. Exactly, because he's he's I mean, he's used to this stuff. He grew up in WWE. So his theatrics, the production that he puts now, the into one it. thing Vince would have saved him from the one thing Vince would have saved him from Brandy couldn't couldn't save him from this. Vince never would have let him get that hideous ass neck tattoo. That's true. That's exactly true. Vince, Vince. would have been like, you can get the tattoo, but we're going to put it here. We're going to put it here. We're going to put it here. Like we're going to put it anywhere else on your body, but we are not going to put it right there on your neck. Yeah, Vince would have been like, look here, pal, that's 
fucking ridiculous. Get it out of here. You're fucking with my money, pal. <laughs> uh, but I thought I, you know, I love the match that those two guys had. And I thought, yeah, Cody belongs in WWE. I think he's earmarked for obviously big things. It really depends how they book him as to, you know, you got to be careful with him. You don't want to turn the fans off on him too quick. Um, you know, and I don't know if you're grooming him to be the guy to challenge Roman at SummerSlam or something. We'll see. But I love Becky and Bianca. I thought that match had that felt a lot like Savage Steamboat with the, all the with the pace that they set. A lot of the near falls, just the back and forth. Uh, and it was probably the most technically sound match of the weekend. It was. Yeah, absolutely. And Ronda and Charlotte was really good as well. Very physical. Uh, you know, I, I I got it wrong. I thought they'd put the belt on Ronda, but they're obviously doing something different with that. And that that's fine. Um, but yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin, dude, whatever. I love you, Tony. Whatever you want to say, man, you can tell yourself whatever you want. That was not a bad match. I, yeah. I mean, Austin came and... The guy is, what, 57 years old, took that bump, you know, that suplex on the concrete, took a couple of other bumps, got stunned, kicked out. Austin, like they were saying, A, the guy wasn't breathing heavy at all. He was in tremendous shape for this. And he must have drank, I figure, at least 50 beers, but he probably ingested maybe 10 and still... Well, you know, as we like we all knew, KO was the perfect opponent because KO can make anyone look good. And can carry anything and can do all of the character work to make the match seem better. Like everything about that was great. Um, only the only thing I'll say about any of the women's matches, um, Carmella and Corey Graves together is insufferable. Everything about the two of them on screen together is insufferable. I wish them nothing but happiness. In their actual marriage, I think that that is wonderful, like nothing but love and happiness for y'all. But just like as an on-screen thing, like it has jumped the shark to just straight up insufferable. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm imagining somebody's come to the front door because there's a chaotic situation going on downstairs. But um, I did want to ask you one thing. I mean, uh, Brock Roman. Okay, whatever. You know, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Um, the match on Sunday that I was really kind of looking forward to, and, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. It was um, Edge versus AJ Styles, you know, and, and and I thought it was a good match. I thought the pacing was a little bit slower than I thought. To me, I left there feeling, you know, to me, it kind of felt like when AJ and Nakamura battled a few years ago, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like that. I, I like this match better than AJ versus Nakamura, and I was there in New Orleans for that one. Um, this one, I... I don't know. I, I liked the match plenty. I thought it was very well done. I, it, it seemed to be a little bit slower and more deliberate than I thought it was going to be. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Edge versus AJ Styles match? Probably the best match of Sunday, um, but still. Probably. I mean, it was it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. Um, they're both slower now. Um, so, like, the slower pacing didn't necessarily surprise me. But, you know, this is kind of what AJ is at this point. Like, they tell you a story, and the story is pretty decent. And, like, you have this expectation in your head. And some of it, I think, is, you know, admittedly not fair to him. Um, I think Shawn Michaels suffered from this. I think Kurt Angle suffered from this. I think when you have someone who is known for their work rate, and not just known for their work rate, is known as one of the greatest workers ever 
as they age and their style is forced to evolve and change with that age and it doesn't all hit the same, we don't adjust our expectations for them accordingly. We like are keeping that same energy that we had when they were 24 and their body was made of like rubber and now they're like, you know, 45 and it ain't like that no more. And we need to like temper ourselves because you, you and I know Dave as two increasingly less young gentlemen, we understand all too well that 24 year old you versus present day. You are two very different selves. Oh yeah. My 24 year old self would beat the hell out of me. I, I might be sat more, you know, savvier now to escape with a couple things, but yeah, exactly. I, it, and, and I didn't have a problem with the match. I, I think, you know, you, you got to go into like, and I think you raise a really good point at this stage of their careers, especially with what edge has been through. Um, and AJ, what happened? Do you know how he got busted open before the match even started? Did he get hit with something or I, I have no idea. I'm just like, Oh, is this what we're doing today? Okay. Yeah. We're going to blade before we even get on stage. Uh, Last person I wanted to give a shout out to about WrestleMania, and I'm not a fan of this guy, but I'll give it up to him. Logan Paul. Uh, Yo, he delivered like a motherfucker. He did. And I love the comments he's made since then about people telling him that wrestling's fake and all this stuff. And he's like, it's not fake. It's just you're jumping on plywood. It's the same thing. And it's great that whatever issues you might have with Logan or his brother, um, that he's at least coming in and showing the business respect and and stating, hey, look, this there's nothing fake about it. It's like what we've all said. Only predetermined is the outcome. Everything else is real as can be. Well, and I want to give him props for, you know, he's one of the few celebrity performers. He came out in real gear. Like he had actual wrestling gear made for this shit. As opposed to, you know, like, I love Pat. Pat wrestling in street clothes. Uh, Stephen Amell did a great job. He wrestling in street clothes. Like, Bad Bunny put on a bulletproof vest, and, like, he did all the training and all that stuff. But I'm just, and and I'm not taking anything away from any of them. But I want to give Paul uh, uh, props for, like, yo, you, like, went out here and got, like, actual gear made and did a whole presentation and, like. um, That Pokemon card. Dude. <laughs> yeah, that was no, but that was that fits the persona. And then like sold the you sold the turn really well, like took the skull crushing finale like a champ, sold the turn like that match delivered. And Dominic Mysterio continues to grow on me. Yeah, he does. And, and I mean, Logan Paul's one of these guys who, you know, you look at like what he did this year. You look at what Bad Bunny did last year and in the Rumble, man. Give me Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul at 39, and I, I might be down for that. Well, and it, it just, we I say it every time. All we ask for from these celebrity people is, like, just a bare minimum amount of effort. Respect the art form. Put in a little bit of effort. Don't be corny. And we got no problems. No, and you're right. And Bad Bunny and Logan Paul have gone over and beyond that with the, the taking it as seriously as both of them did. Uh, to deliver a performance that you look at and say, yeah, those guys can go. I mean, yeah. So yeah, that was that was cool. So yeah, a a tremendously good event, I thought, as far as WrestleMania's go. Easily the best one probably since 30 by far. 
I would have to say even in the it was it was a lot it was a lot more fun than I thought it was gonna be. It was a show that kind of snuck up on me. Yeah, like I knew it was WrestleMania season and I knew Mania was coming up, and it's just like, oh shit, it's Mania time. Right, but I mean, it's like everything else where you just kind of get jaded to the whole anti WWE backlash from the vocal minority that's out there and that's fine you know i guess there's bots for AEW too but we're not going to get into tony's ridiculous comments on this show because we are not got time for that nonsense but yeah it was it was an excellent event uh i was really 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 happy about it kind of sad that i didn't go and now i'm like man 39's in my backyard la next year what are they going to do for an encore I, i guess let me ask you this last thing and then we're done you see anybody out there right now with where Roman is right now with the stature he's got, which is basically untouchable. Uh, is there anybody on the roster presently that you look at to say, this is the guy who should get the rub by dethroning Roman? I don't know necessarily who I think should get the rub by dethroning Roman, but I'm going to say this in terms of who's going to get the rub pretty soon. They gave Gable Stevenson two spotlights both nights had Steph come out and like introduce him personally. They about to strap a rocket ship to that son bitch and go as far as it will carry them. Yeah. And he's got the amateur credentials to really say, Hey, this is a legit guy. Um, I, you know, Cody's one who comes to mind. It just depends how they build that. Uh, Braun breakers, a guy kind of keep my eye on like out of the side, out of the side of my eye to kind of watch, He's got that legitimate talent. There's something he about won't be him. in NXT for long. No, no, he's not. And and Walter slash Gunther, Gunther, yeah, maybe. I think you could. I think you could build an event around uh, Gunther challenging Roman. He's slimmed down a lot, hasn't he? I mean, he really has gotten like Gunther name change, and you dropped the quite a bit of body fat. But anyway. That's neither here nor there. We'll see what happens at WrestleMania Backlash. So. <laughs> Such a stupid name. Oh, my God. It's all right. It's all right. No, We're gonna... I completely concur with you. Kyle, I so appreciate you coming on the show today and talking hockey in the first half, WrestleMania in the back half. What a great combination. You know, you can't beat that. Uh, before I let you go, let people know where can they check you out on social media and all the stuff that Dr. S'mores has going on right now. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Dr. S'mores. You can also catch me uh, right here on the chair shot at the Outsider's Edge podcast. We have been on a slight bit of a hiatus. Rance and I have both had some personal things going on, but we're going to get back in it pretty quickly. And we definitely got time to talk all about the tweets. Yes, there you go. And uh, as far as me, you can check me out on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Make sure you're checking out everything on TheChairShot.com. And, of course, got to give a plug to the Sunday show that uh, we got going on, Bandwagon Nerds, at Bandwagon Nerds. Right now we're looking at uh, Moon Knight, and I think Mr. Aesop Mitchell and I might be talking a little Halo in the next couple of weeks because that show is pretty damn good as well. But... That's going to do it for us here on this Tuesday edition of Chair Shot Radio. Thank you all again, and we will catch you soon. Remember, always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.